Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers? And what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the NFL season. It's only got a couple weeks left in the regular tilt, and you might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, for example, the Bears are three-point underdogs in Minnesota this weekend. What are you going to do about that, Bears fans? And from game spreads and totals, team player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always that online casino as well it never closes so head to betonline.ag today take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag and sign up today bet online your online sportsbook experts cameron it's week 15 it's bears vikings two six and seven teams about to battle it out to see you can get back to 500 and maybe stay alive for the playoff race Man, am I excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, I I, I'm, I think that this is a good opportunity for the Bears to uh, prove that they are better than the team that we saw last time these two teams matched up. I think it's a good opportunity for uh, this team to keep their playoff hopes alive. I loved what we saw on the offensive side of the ball last week. I love uh, maybe the return of, of the defense. And uh, I, I, like the, I like the Bears' chances, despite what the fine people at betonline.ag might be saying. So I'm, I'm excited about this matchup, but I think this is a good one for the Bears. Time for the cream to rise to the top. And Cameron, all sarcasm aside, I mean, this is obviously something that can keep the, the Bears in the playoff picture. Is it fair to say that, you know, outside of maybe that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that had Nick Foles at quarterback, the Bears haven't had a lot of what, you know, pundits and national analysts call signature wins this could be an opportunity for one of those moments absolutely this is i i I see this as a chance at redemption you know obviously um at the time i I don't think anyone thought that the bears would be you know would have lost to the vikings um this whole you know everything just sort of seems out of whack uh, at that point And, and i feel like you know maybe after this last week we've turned a new leaf and um and this, the bears are going back in the right direction so uh, i i think that this would be a great opportunity for them to put that whole thing behind them put that whole phase of the season behind them and, and to get this thing going in the correct direction again we're well, making some really great points i'm hearing the word opportunity and i'm hearing turning over a new leaf and that's exactly what this is for the chicago bears team you know let's look at it from two different sides of the coin side one of the coin is if they come out offense looks terrible again penalties can't get it done on third down, don't score again in the third quarter, we lose by, you know, 10 or 12 points, we're going to be like same old Bears, and it's going to really be, you know, this crashing back to earth situation, but the way this team has been trending specifically offensively the last two games, or more ostensibly, last three games, honestly, if they can come out and put another honest effort, get another win on the board, get back to 500, I think we can slowly start to work ourselves into a situation of this team is actually moving truly in the right direction. It's not a flash in the pan. Momentum is actually building. And if they win this game, you know, look out because they're playing a Jacksonville team the week after that that has no interest in winning any more football games this year, which could set up some interesting scenarios for the final week of the season against the Packers. It's all out there for the Bears. They just have to go out there and do it. Definitely. Like, we, we keep talking about this, man. This, uh, this back at the schedule is fairly friendly for the Bears. Winning this game, it means a lot. Obviously, it keeps your playoff hope, hopes alive. It keeps, you know, in, the, in that spot to, uh, you know, if not be obviously not the top team in, in, their, in this division. But, you know, there's, a, there's just so much respect um, that's kind of on the line. I think there's a little bit of that rivalry, obviously, with every team in, the, in this division. And you, and you want to win every game against a divisional opponent. 
uh, you know, to, to go out and lose two to the Vikings is going to hurt anyone's pride. <laughs> so I, I just think that this is a really, um, you know, a matchup that they can win and winning this one's going to keep them on, on track and keep them uh, in play, you know, for a lot of other things down the road. So I, I just think that this is an important one and it's one that we need to see the Bears put their best foot forward in. And Cameron, there's not a whole lot to mess around with this week. There's not a lot to play around with the narratives. What if this? What if that? I think, honestly, what happens on the football field in week 15 is going to illustrate a lot of where this direction of this franchise is going to be going. Are we going to continue to play the mathematical playoff game? Or if they lose, are we going to just start the slow march towards who's going to get fired? (laughs) Who's going to get fired festival with perhaps Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy headlining that festival? So, Instead of spending a lot of time spinning our wheels doing that, let's just get right to our keys to the game because we have to find some areas and let the Bears fans know, you know, how are the Bears going to come out with a victory this week? You know, Matt Nagy, he's never lost at UCF, UCF Stadium against the Vikings on the road. It's a very interesting matchup. In his career, he's 4-1 and one against the Vikings. That loss coming earlier on in the season. So let's go to it, Cameron. Your keys to a victory. What is Cam's key number one to a Bears victory in Week 15 against the Vikings? Uh, the first key to this to this victory is to do something that they did, um, you know, last time, which was to to keep Dalvin Cook in check. You know, they they got to do that again. They kept him under 100 yards on it was 30 plus carries uh, for 96 yards last last matchup. Huge. You know, um, he's been an absolute monster. And he's a huge part of their offense. You know, he's getting as many carries as anyone in the league. Uh, if you're able to at least contain Dalvin Cook, you give your team a chance against against this Vikings offense. But they does have some playmakers on the ex, on the outside. But I mean, it's really it all starts up front and it starts with Dalvin Cook. So if they are able to keep him in check, I think uh, that they should be okay. I like how you're phrasing it because typically it's like get the ball out of Dalvin Cook's hands. Well, guess what? The dude's going to get the rock 25 to 30 times, no matter what. So that matchup is out there, and you have to stop it. The Bears, real scary stat. They're allowing 138 rushing yards on the road this season. That is not boding well for this particular matchup against Dalvin Cook. They held him to 96 yards last time. As much as I'd like to say, get it out of Dalvin Cook's hands, I think it's more about what you're talking about. you got to put a hat on him. you got to really bring you know, multiple people into the, tackling, into the tackling game there, try and hold him down. And in those moments, when the ball is out of Dalvin Cook's hands, hopefully you can capitalize. I'm looking at it right now. You know, the, the Vikings, they've allowed 10 sacks over their last two games. They've had eight lost fumbles over their last five games. Those are turnovers, and those are possible, you know, down and distance switching type plays that can happen, which leads into my first key. It's going to go right into, you said, stop, stopping Dalvin Cook. You know, mine's going to be pass rush. We saw it last week, seven sacks last week. Khalil Mack had a fantastic game. Wouldn't it be really cool if Khalil Mack, number 52, the guy that we love and we cheer for, the guy who's got tons and tons of jerseys throughout the Chicagoland area, got on a heater for a couple of games and just started game wrecking, you know, different opponents as we moved along. This could be a really great opportunity for him too as well. And Cameron, I want to ask you, we're talking about, you know, stopping Dalvin Cook. We're talking about pass rush, getting after the quarterback. I think those are going to be huge because – as of right now, it looks like Jalen Johnson might not suit up this weekend, which means Duke Shelley's going to fit in there. Buster Screen's still dealing with a concussion. They're a little bit thin. And, man, Justin Jefferson really kind of gave us hard times when we played them the last time, 135 yards, and then Adam Thielen making amazing catches in the end zone. How are you sort of sizing up this matchup secondary-wise against a very, very talented group of receivers on the Vikings? You're right. I mean, the, the Bears' secondary is a little bit depleted, and, and we will be definitely missing Jalen Johnson if he's not able to go out there. You know, it's um, 
I, I like the Bears group. I like their secondary. But, you know, they were not able to stop this team last time they matched up for whatever reason. Uh, Justin Jefferson was ever able to create a lot of separation, and Adam Thielen had the two touchdowns. So, obviously, uh, Kirk Cousins was Kirk Cousins was out dealing 292 yards passing. That's not what anyone expected. And, and you know, dealing with the injury, I don't really foresee a, a situation where the Bears secondary gets necessarily better compared to what we saw last time. So what I would say in terms of being able to, to um, fix upon this situation, and I guess I will just roll it into my second key, the way they do that, and I guess it, it, fits, it fits right along with what you were saying, they need to dial up pressure, you know? And, and I know I come to that a lot, um, but, that, but that's really going to be the key in this, is that last time that these two teams matched up, Bears had one sack on Kirk Cousins. They need to be able to, to get to that quarterback and put him under pressure. That was a, cause it was, it was a weird performance. You know, we saw Kirk Cousins maybe perform a little better than we expected and the Bears defense uh, underperformed, especially in that secondary. So without a man, I want to see them create more pressure. I want to see them um, get home and, and put this team in, in more difficult situations. And I think that they can do that because you mentioned that, um, that up front, the Vikings have been giving up a lot of sacks as of late. And we know that they struggle a lot against the stunts, against, against the games. And these are things that we see a ton from Chuck Pagano. But these are the things that I would like to see uh, because, you know, given that they were unable to produce some of that, that pressure that we need on Kirk Cousins' last matchup, dial it up this time, you know. You're going to have the same group in the secondary minus Jalen Johnson. Let's put more pressure on Kirk Cousins, see how he handles it, create those stunts, create those pressures, make him move around the pocket, make him uncomfortable. Let's see Khalil Mack have another heyday. That was by far the most disappointing aspect of the last matchup between these two, th- two teams. I know we talked a lot about the offense in that game. But honestly, the fact that Kirk Cousins was so comfortable, the way that he was able to deliver the football on third down, just really sit in there, he carved up the middle of the field multiple times, threw for 292 yards. That is just not the Kirk Cousins that Bears fans normally see when we play him. And can you just talk about the mentality of, you know, you've got elite quarterbacks, right? And then you've got what I would consider Kirk Cousins to be adequate and some maybe debate wouldn't say maybe he's above average. But when you can, as a defense, just hit him once early on, maybe get in his head a little bit and try and shorten that clock. You know, as a former offensive lineman, what is that mentality when you like, when you give up a big sack early on in the game, or maybe your quarterback gets his, his bell rung just a little bit on a play, you know, what can that do for confidence moving forward? Cause now the specter of that happening is now out there on the field. It's super important to keep quarterbacks clean early on because even especially a guy like Kirk Cousins or Mitchell Trubisky, even for that matter, these are guys that game managers, if you will, or someone that's maybe not a superstar that can take a game over, but you know, in the right opportunity and right position can see that things go okay. And a guy like Kirk Cousins, you know, the more he goes, the more confidence he builds, the better he becomes. And so, as an offensive lineman, your whole mindset is just keep my guy upright, give him uh, protection give him time to throw the ball downfield and make a couple of easy throws to start a game. And if you're able to do that early on, he will get better and better as the game goes and progresses. And, and that's, that's a big thing. So my entire thought process as an offensive lineman is what do we have to do to keep my man upright, to get that confidence, to get this offense rolling. And so if, I, if I'm facing the Bears, who I think are going to come out and try to get back to their sacking ways, like they were able to do last week, uh, a great deal of emphasis needs to be put on, you know, uh, beefing up the protection or maybe keeping an extra guy in 
and, you know, doing a little, not necessarily max protect, but maybe keeping a six guy and keeping a running back in, a tight end in, and making sure that the Bears are unable to get to their, uh, you know, scary ways up front and keep my man Kirk comfy. Yeah, Kirk Cousins in fumbling is like a pitcher that just keeps throwing hanging curveballs out there. And literally, you just have to go out there. The chances are there. It's not like you have to overcreate them or anything, but if you go out there, it eventually will happen if you can bring that pressure. And they didn't even get close to doing it last time. And I think that's probably why he got, you know, he carved us up the way he did. That that entire game, it just seemed like uh, like our pass rush was non-existent, and you saw it. He just, as the game goes on, it just kind of seemed inevitable. It's like uh, it's almost like quicksand. You know, <laughs> it just you just kind of took the game over. We never really had any pressure. It just it just felt like. Uh, this is slipping away from us, and it, and it wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? And we've got the stats to prove it. You know, 10 sacks over the last two games the Vikings have given up. You know, just real quick, what's your, what's your scouting report on where this Minnesota Vikings offensive line is right now? Do you see maybe a couple of weak spots? You know, where do you think that the Bears might try and attack? If you're saying Chuck Pagano doesn't necessarily run a lot of stunts, a lot of uh, plays that you think will get home, you know, where do you think they're going to attack on their offensive line? Yeah, if I am a, you know, if, I, if I'm looking for places to attack on this Vikings defense, I want to go after that uh, right or the left guard and center spot. Uh, we've got some younger guys in there. We've got some lesser experienced guys. I mean, I would really attack their entire interior. Um, you know, Dakota Dozier, he is someone that we've seen do some oversetting, which can get you into trouble when you're trying to uh, pick up some of these games. They've got Ezra Cleveland, uh, who is a tackle playing right guard, uh, which, you know, never, never ideal and, you know, another uh, rookie. So it's just there are some young guys in the middle. And I think that what I would love to see is them dial up pressure, dial up those stunts on this interior offensive line. Let's see Akeem Hicks take on uh, uh, double teams and mess these guys up, not only physically, but mentally, because these stunts and games are hard to pick up. And once you kind of once you start to struggle with it and defenses know there goes your confidence and it almost can become a mental thing I think that is a great way to get home on this group is to is to is to get after that those interior offensive linemen who don't seem to be really clicking at this point create that pressure you know we all kind of know of Riley Reef and his role in this league you know being a being a, the left tackle uh, but but other than that I mean I think this is a group that on that interior I, I want to see them just Make them think. Make them play the mental game as much as the physical game. And I think that if they're able to, to do that, some of those stunts and picks and stuff like that, you're going to see some oversetting. You're going to see some guys taking themselves out of position. And there should be opportunities for sacks all across the board for the Bears. And hopefully that lines up perfectly because Bilal Nichols and Carl Urban seem like to be playing their best football of the season right now. So even if Akeem Hicks is drawing that double-team pressure and he doesn't get home, maybe they can also attack that interior line as well. I'm going to, go, uh, I'm going to flip it over to the other side of the ball for my second key of the game. My second key of the game is just called stick with the plan. Now, I know that Matt Nagy is not going to do this, but stick with the plan. You know, we're averaging over, let's get it right, we're averaging 143 rushing yards the last three games since Mitch Trubisky has been quarterback. That is good for sixth in the NFL. We call that an elite number, Cameron. Just what we were able to do last week with Mitch Trubisky's cadence, getting a couple neutral zone infractions to a couple quick snaps to no huddle to get the ball out of his hands. And as we talked 
ad nauseum about how all the different weapons that were incorporated in the Bears win against the Texans last week. We need to stick with the plan. And here's the part that actually kind of worries me the most right now. The Minnesota Vikings this season in their secondary, they are allowing the, the fourth worst, if you will. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They allow 11 yards per completion to opposing wide receivers. So they can get burned down the field. My biggest fear in this game is that Matt Nagy will see that or look at the tape and look at their coverages and think that all of a sudden Mitch Trubisky can now start hitting shots 20, 25 yards down the field. Stay in your lane, Matt Nagy. Stick with the plan. Get David Montgomery more than 15 touches in this game. There is a semblance of a blueprint being formed right here, and you just can't ditch that because you maybe see something and you want to call up some sort of play against the Vikings defense that on paper, it says that you can actually hit them down the field. I say resist the temptation, Matt Nagy. Stick with the plan. Do what we do best. Keep rolling it out there. Stay efficient. And I truly believe that we can still win this football game playing that style of football. Don't get ahead of your skis. Stick with the plan, Cameron. I love what you're saying here, man, because that's exactly kind of my assessment of this situation too. You're going to see the numbers against this defense and go, oh, look what we can do. And it's not look what we can do. It's look what other teams have been able to do. That's what the Bears offense needs to focus on is being the best version of themselves. And they haven't, be you. Done, that. They haven't done that for the majority of the year because they wanted to be something that they're not. But we continue to address this. They're not a downfield throwing team. They're not a stagnant drop back team. Don't do that. And I, I'm with you. I'm just rolling right into it. I, offensively, I want to see what we've been seeing. So you mentioned the 143 yards per game since the reemergence, the the rise of Mitchell Trubisky and being sixth best in the league in, in rushing attempts uh, or rush uh, yards per game. That's great. That's who they are. That's who they need to be. You know, they, Bill Lazor had uh, made a point about um, seeing more of the short passes, the rollout passes, and that being – you know, what this team is good at, what Mitchell Trubisky is good at. And Mitch even made the, the point of, uh, of indicating that he wanted to do a little bit more of those types of things and, and being more involved in the offensive scheme. That's what the Bears need to do, and that's what they needed to be doing all along. If they continue to stick to the plan, as you say, and just do what they do best, which is running the ball and throwing the ball from under center and rolling out and having play action and creating – misdirection and all those sorts of things they will be more than fine but I'm with you if, if they try to get if they try to get off track and be something they're not then uh, you know don't be surprised if once again we get back on this uh podcast on the following the game and say what the hell just happened because it seems to happen all the time so I'm with you stay on track keep the offense going the direction that it's going and it's going that direction because you're staying true to yourself and uh, just running the ball and making it simple on our quarterback. And look, if you take one shot, okay, I can live with that, but I think we want to live a turnover-free life in Week 15. And it's so funny, too, because remember, let's roll the clocks back, what, six, seven, eight weeks. You know, we were on this pod, and we were talking about the whole reason why Nick Foles is in there is because of these explosive plays, his ability to get the ball down the field. And they weren't even to execute that with him in the lineup. So now that you have a completely different quarterback with a different skill set, trending in a direction that doesn't necessarily cater to him taking those shots, please, I love you, Darnell Mooney. But you know what? No double coverage shots to Darnell Mooney. I do like when they run that maybe 15 to 18-yard you know, in route when they exploit the middle of the field with Allen Robinson. They've done that a couple of times. 
super into that one. That's an easy throw for Mitch, but anything beyond that, I'm just I'm super skeptical. Just stick with the plan, Matt Nagy, and we will have a chance in this game. Well, and it's all about setting it up. You know, it's all about, you know, that stuff gets opened up. But, you know, there are quarterbacks that can throw those guys open, that can throw that ball into windows and, and wide receivers that make themselves open in that scenario. But that's not what we do. We set it up. We dink and dunk and find our way, and those guys and those players will be open when the time is right. It's not, hey, I want it. I'm going to get it. That's just not how it works. We don't have a guy to execute like that. But what we have seen is that in the proper context, utilizing the proper, proper game plan, Chicago Bears can be effective offensively. It's like one of those things where, like, we need to get a dog collar that'll shock Matt Nagy if he gets started and starts no. looking at his play sheet. To, yeah, no. He gets to the 20 to 25-yard area. And just, oh, all right, come on back, and uh, let's do a quick let's just do a quick rollout. Let's hit Cole Komet for eight yards. Let's just rock and roll. Cameron, my third key, I know a lot of people that listen to this pod, and those people that do listen, thank you for listening. But I'm sure everyone thinks that Joey is really obsessed with quarters and halves this year. And my third, my third key of the game you not? is going to – no, I'm not at all. Uh, my third key of the game is called second-half scoring. The only reason why I've been obsessed with this is obviously the third quarter has been insane. Um, you know, it's been, an, it's been so abnormal that it's really hard to wrap your head around why an, a team can't just randomly score points in the third quarter, just even on happenstance. But, again, it talks a lot to this offense under the – with Matt Nagy at the helm calling the plays – They've struggled so much, not just building momentum from game to game, but building momentum from quarter to quarter. And you're starting to look at these particular areas, and when you start to really break it down and worry about whether the Bears can put together four quarters of competent offensive football, I'm just looking at these different areas and thinking to myself, man, this can really be where the game is decided. So the Minnesota Vikings come into this game, they're averaging 15.4 points a game in the second half. That is good for second in the NFL. The Bears, and here's the deal, right? The fourth quarter... Bears are actually pretty damn good. Minnesota Vikings lead the NFL with 9.1 points in the fourth quarter. Bears are right behind them at 9.0. So Bears fans, strap it in because the fourth quarter could actually get pretty exciting and pretty explosive and could go either way at that moment. But here's here's the caveat. The Bears in the third quarter. We're going to hit it again. Still only averaging 1.3 points a game in the third quarter this year. Minnesota is leading the NFL in most points allowed in third quarters this season at 7.8 points per game. We're talking about opportunity, Cameron. This is That's the theme of this pod, talking about chances for a team, a Minnesota Vikings defense that comes out of halftime and gives up points to the opposing offense more than any other team in the NFL against a, you know, a team that struggles to put up points coming out of the halftime. Something's got to give, and I think that's really the opportunity right there. For the first time, I know it sounds insane, but I'm going to the depths of the worst part of the Bears' offense, and if they can come up and put together – God, a touchdown in the third quarter. I just think it will go leaps and bounds towards what, how this final score is going to work out, how the fourth quarter is going to work out. You know, typically I think the first half is important to get off to a good start, but no, I'm looking at the second half of this game, Cameron. This third quarter will be more crucial than any other third quarter perhaps played all season long. Second half scoring, baby. We need it. This is the most important quarter of your lives. <laughs> I don't want your third quarter. <laughs> I want their 12, third quarter, please. <laughs> 12 minutes for the rest of your life or 60 minutes for the rest of your I life. Want the, I want the okie doke. I want, I want <laughs> one, two, four, five wide receivers. Holy cow. 
But this is where we're at, Cameron. It's almost like we can we can just see it coming. We just know that they're not going to score during that that frame. It's so weird. It's so strange. I don't watch. Honestly, have you ever really seen anything like that before, where a team just doesn't even like, out of dumb luck, runs into a touchdown here and there during a third quarter? We talk about second half adjustments, but I just don't know if I've ever seen something so impotent in the middle of a game and it's one specific area and it happens every single week. I can't think of another example, I, but I also can't even think of a reason. Like I, it doesn't make any sense that they just shut off. And you would just think that, yeah, eventually you just fall into the end zone on one or just something would happen where an opportunity, you know, a guy breaks off a big play that has nothing to do with offensive play calling or rhythm or flow and just gets a touchdown. It just hasn't happened this year. And Todd, for a team, Todd Gurley scored a touchdown on accident this year. <laughs> and we can't get in the end zone in the third quarter Cameron it's also time uh, one of our annual traditions it's time to pick the Mitchell Trubisky stat line for this week passing yards touchdowns interceptions and rushing yards what are you thinking for a man MT10 does he stay hot against the Minnesota Vikings I love it I'm, I'm riding the MT10 wave I'm feeling good you know <laughs> we looked stupid last week so uh, you know let's uh, let's Try and get back on track with this. I'm saying Mitchell, my man, Trubisky, has a good game. And he outperforms what Nick Foles did against the uh, Vikings, which was atrocious. I think it was 159 yards passing. I'm giving my man Mitch 185 yards through the air. I think that we're going to throw for two touchdown passes. I think we're going to stay out of that interceptions column. And most importantly, I think that we are going to rush for 37 yards and a touchdown. Whoa, three scores. Rack it up, baby. Rack it up. Three scores. Uh, I'm going 232. Ooh, a passer. I'm going 232, uh, two touchdowns, one interception. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to say 25 rushing yards, no rushing touchdowns. I hope Dave Montgomery finds his way in there. I don't know, man. There's there's a part of me that uh, when Mitch when Mitch runs, um, I love it. He's got he's got the legs, he's got the speed, he can make a couple of moves. But man, him going down is brutal. Someone's got to teach that dude to slide. He never figured it out. It's literally like he just like kind of belly flops onto the ground. <laughs> Someone's got to get to that dude and tell him how to go so down. Some of these guys are like are like kind of think that they're too athletic to to do the proper slide. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, you know. The guys that have no business and don't want the hit, they slide and they slide well. But if you're like someone who's like, I, I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> and then you still need it in your repertoire. Yeah, so you're saying like the dads of the NFL, the NFL dad quarterbacks, like the Matt Staffords, <laughs> the Matt Ryans, they all kind of figure out how the slide sort of works, but these other dudes are kind of <laughs> put, their, put their body in peril. Cameron, uh, if you were a quarterback, would you, be, uh, would you learn how to slide or would you be one of those uh, – all arms and legs just tumbling towards uh, just trying to get down on the ground. Dude, do you remember uh, the late Jared Lorenzen? Yes. All 340-pound quarterback? That's who I am. Right man. there? Right there. Just just the big old man with a big old arm and a big old gut. I wouldn't say that I would be a slider. I'd be more of a roller, you know? Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm rolling forward, you know, tucking it. I got like a somersault, kind of like a, a cannonball. Because I figure you're gaining yards that way. You're leaping forward. Well, yeah, you haven't been touched yet, so you can actually pick up probably a couple yards in the contact, which is mm-hmm. which is interesting to watch quarterbacks in the NFL. Some of them have figured it out, too, where they do the whole – Lamar Jackson does this all the time. He slows up about a half step before he goes out of bounds, hoping to either get the flag 
or to just lull them into the sense of security, and he thinks he can maybe grab those couple extra yards. I, I, and I, I like it's I like Lamar, but that's bogus. You you cannot fake give yourself up. That's and I don't blame him for doing it if they're not going to do anything about it. But the, that should be addressed. You cannot pretend to give yourself up. And that's the hardest part too is the whole giving yourself up. And I, and I feel for the defensive players on this side, the, the, giving yourself up. And then the one time where you're like, screw it, I, I'm just going to go in. And then he starts to slide. And, of course, his head lowers right into your hit zone. And, obviously, you get flagged for it. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. But I do like the whole, instead of, like, lowering your shoulder, you just do, like, I'm done. And then squeak, 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 roll, 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 a couple extra yards. Cameron, it's time. Final score predictions. You were 8-5 and five on the season. I am 6-7. and seven. <laughs> Holy moly, 6-7. and seven. And I want to do this for a living. What's your final score for Bears versus Vikings in week 15? You know, based on the, you know, the, the little math that I just did, the Bears have to score at least at the bare minimum 18 points, which is quite a few more than they scored last time. Uh, we saw this matchup play out. I'm feeling good. I like, I like the Bears offense. I think that they should be in a better place because they just seem to be – I think so much weight was lifted after, after the, the game against the Texans. They just seem to be – Riding high. I'm liking the momentum. I'm going to say Chicago Bears 27, Minnesota Vikings 21. Wow, that's almost the exact same score I had. Bears 27, Vikings 20. Thinking three touchdowns and then two kicks from Cairo Santos Claus, who's just been on fire, hitting lasers all over the field. And I think the Bears can, for one more week, Stave off elimination and maybe stay in the mix. Cameron Bears Vikings divisional rivals will tow it up in week 15 and see who will come out victorious. The one stays alive in the, in the playoff picture. The other one is probably going home for the winner. It's going to be an exciting time, and we will be back with a postgame pod after said game this Sunday. But until then, Cameron, take us home on another great pod. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you tune into our post-game show Sunday after an exciting, hopeful Chicago Bears victory. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, and following the podcast on all major platforms. And make sure you remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.